You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Alana Enquirer podcast. We're a little late this week in getting to this as our schedules didn't align. So I think we're going to post this on Wednesday. We're talking on Tuesday instead of Monday with Mike Carpenter. But what's up, Mike? Good to see you, man. Good to see you, too. Plenty of good things to talk about. And you know I ride the roller coaster. You know that as good as anyone. And I think there is reason, and I think you probably agree, too. I think there's legitimate reasons to be as high on this team as maybe even we were back when we had those lofty expectations in November and early December. And you ride the roller coaster like everybody. And even like a couple of weeks ago, going into that Iowa game, I was sitting there with David Eicholt from the Iowa website. And Iowa felt good at that time, right? I think they'd lost one Big Ten game. And even I was like, you know, I wrote that column, you know, the Big Ten title runs through Champagne when Iowa and Kofi came back. And I said then, based on what we knew about that team, I was wrong. Well, I might end up being right still. I mean, that's even a roller coaster for me of saying, okay, Maybe this team isn't as good as we thought, though I think I always left the caveat that I think this team can be what we thought. Carp, did you ever give up on this team? Did you did you ever have that moment where you're like, nope, it's not happening this year, and how do you feel about that now? Yeah, I did. I completely recalibrated my expectations. It was the Maryland-Ohio State twofer at home, and listen, the Ohio State loss, whatever. That, that would have been huge. You would have talked about another win that would probably put you firmly on the one-seed line had you came back in that game but regardless I think that maybe you needed that and I know this is maybe a spin on my part but maybe there was something about this team that needed that hiccup similar to last year's team needed that rough late December losing to Missouri Michigan State before they went on run and then even the four game losing streak they had in late January early February last year before they won five out of six so I don't know if there's some sort of thing in this team's uh, mentality where they need that reminder, they need that push, or they need to be poked with a stick. But whatever happened, it's working. They yeah. needed to win the Iowa game, they did. And I thought if they did that, they would be primed for a hot streak. But I never would have guessed that we would have had a performance like Saturday where all of a sudden all those lofty expectations are affirmed. Yeah. I mean, Kofi and Iowa were fantastic. The supporting cast was fine. But that's all you need. Basketball is a beautiful game where you only need a couple high-impact players. And then, hey, everyone else, just don't screw up. (laughs) And we saw that template would be enough for this team to maybe contend for a title and a Big Ten title and make a run in in March. I know one kind of gif or meme or quote that's kind of going around with Illini fans. I know Robert posted this and some other people is – you don't know when the good old days were like until after the good old days are gone. Right. And I always check in, like even during that 2019 Illinois football season, right. I, I, I wanted to make sure like as Illinois was on that four game win streak that a lot of fans didn't get too caught looking ahead. Right. Of, you know, I think a lot of Illinois fans are sitting there going the end goal, right. Is, is the final four. It's a big 10 championship. And I, I don't want to get lost in, forget the moment. I mean, some of the, some of these wins that Illinois is getting carp. And I know we talked about this last week, but what Brad Underwood's accomplished, right? Illinois is back. Illinois basketball is back. And this is going to be a special season. I, I think regardless of whether they win the big 10 title 
or they get the one seed or they actually make the final four. This is going to be year, a year, whether it's like 2001 or if it's like 2005 or, you know, whatever other season you want to put it up against. I think this is going to be one of those years you look incredibly fondly back. I mean, this carp in your lifetime is going to be one of the most memorable Illinois basketball seasons. And certainly given the context of what we've had for the last decade. I think that after the Ohio State and Maryland losses, I had recalibrated to, okay, this team's likely still going to finish top four in the Big Ten because the Big Ten's so strong, they'll probably still get a top four seed in the tournament. Just give me some marquee wins. Give me those memorable moments. We got three of them in eight days. (laughs) Three games I will never forget. The Iowa game for what it was, obviously. The Indiana game for a lot of the wrong reasons because it was a three-hour slugfest with some of the worst officiating ever, but... We knew as we were watching it doing the podcast that we were watching something we would never forget. That was a season-changing win. I mean, think about this stretch. Like It would have been a good stretch, right? But with that Indiana win, instead of talking about, okay, Illinois, if they run the table, they have a chance of catching Michigan. It's you right on their heels for whenever you guys play again with a winnable stretch of games ahead where you can kind of keep putting pressure on them. If you don't win that Indiana game, you know, you're you're behind Ohio State and you're playing probably on a three line right now. With that win, it just stretches this out. It's kind of like the Rutgers game at home last year. Everyone kind of forgets that game. It's totally. a hard fought 54-51 win in between like all those great memorable wins with Wisconsin and Michigan and all that. But without that win, you aren't playing for a Big Ten title in the last week. There was a home win against Northwestern last year yeah. on a Saturday that was ugly. And it took everything that you had, but you won it. And you do forget about those sort of slugfests that you you just got to start stacking wins if you're going to be in that conversation. I think that as we look at this team, I predicted after the West, before the Wisconsin game, I said they're losing one more Big Ten game this year. And even with the addition of these reschedules, I'm still kind of in that camp because it seems like while other Big Ten teams, Michigan is going to have a rust factor. In some way, shape, or form, they will. They're going to lose a game or two. Maybe they shouldn't. And they did have an advantageous schedule before the break. Iowa, the usual swoon that we've seen from them. The team that scares me the most is the team that you're going to play at the very end of the year. The Ohio State game could potentially be for the Big Ten title. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I do think that those two teams are both playing at a level where they're going to go into that maybe with four losses apiece, maybe with five losses apiece. But there's at least going to be a share of the title on the line that night. And uh, yeah, yeah, I understand that's maybe getting ahead of myself, but... I don't know if you get that sense, too. I think you said on the, the podcast Saturday that Io seems to have this like shark in the water that, yeah. that's smelling the blood, and he knows it. And there's some intangible thing going on right now where all these things we thought about Io coming into the season, they're actually living up to it now and some. Well, I mean, we sometimes forget these are humans involved, right? And that sometimes you do need to be woken up a little bit or that, you know, a game in February means a little bit more than a game in November or December. Right. Yeah. Like that, that just, it happens. And I think I always now flip that switch. I think Kofi, man, he flipped the switch after once big 10 play started and he has continued uh, to do it. And you have those two players and then Underwood has kind of figured out his mix, right? Putting Grandison into the lineup, uh, getting Demonte Williams off the bench, Curbella Miller, you're going to roll the dice, but I do think Miller 
has been pretty consistent here. Makes a couple threes a game and plays good defense, which for Very a freshman is really good. I think next year is the year he kind of figures out how to be the guy, and I think there's going to be some ups and downs because of that next year with that team because Miller's got to be the ghost who score. Corbell is going to be in a way bigger role, but that's for next year, right? Like If you can get right. one of those guys playing well each game, and then Trent Frazier's kind of been consistent, which is what you want to see. I mean, to give you eight or 15 points tonight between that would be monstrous for this team because I think it's what they need. Um, but you've kind of you've settled into this role, and I do think there's been this switch with Io, which goes to everybody. And, and, and Kofi's motor is always at 10 now instead of fluctuating. Uh, that's a dangerous team. It's not a perfect team, uh, but it's a really, really dangerous team and been one of the best teams in the country outside of Baylor and Gonzaga the last month. And they're starting to start games with uh, a little bit more efficiency, looking better in the first four minutes. The start Cabello thing, that is a, a relic <laughs> of the past. You can ignore that. Would not have worked, probably. And we saw on Saturday it was bad Cabello, but that'll happen. For do, we have, do we have any other like early season things we got caught up on? Like that, um, that we just forgot about that were so big in the moment that we focused on so much. I'm trying to remember those. Maybe, maybe moments of, oh, I want to see some more Coleman Hawkins. And I think depending <laughs> on the matchup, you will. I, I, I remember this line from Happy Gilmore, and I think it's like, ooh, Happy learned how to putt. And I was thinking when Illinois got up to that great start against Wisconsin, Illinois learned how to start. <laughs> and if that is the case, you think about all these games where some of them they've won but they find themselves in these big holes. Well, if this team can figure out how not to dig that hole in the first place, what I've been most encouraged by, <clears throat> and you can go back to the Duke game, they play well with the lead. Yeah. They absorb these punches. Wisconsin gets it to seven points in the second half. And, you know, Trevor and I are talking on the podcast, and I'm puckering up a little bit because of past history with Wisconsin. Oh, no, no big deal. We'll go on a 5 nothing run just like that. They respond so well when they have the lead. And I think that as you go forward with this advantageous schedule, that you have in the next five or six games, that bodes really well for them. Uh, it, it is hard to look at the upcoming schedule until the twofer at the end of it with at Wisconsin, at Ohio State, and not think that, you know, hey, easier said than done, but you just continue to kind of do what you're doing. You could win most, if not all of these. Yeah, you look at the upcoming schedule, and we'll get to Michigan here in a moment here, Carp, because I know this is a big topic, understandably so. But Nebraska... At, on the road, but I mean, you need to win that game on Friday. You should win it by yeah. double digits. Northwestern at home. Man, I know Illinois fans don't feel bad for Northwestern, but since being ranked, they've lost Terrible. nine straight, but they've played <laughs> uh, nine straight top 30 opponents. It's actually 11, and then they have a bunch of top 25 opponents coming up. Um, Minnesota on the road is tough, right? They, they are better at home. They lost last night at home, though. And Michigan State just isn't the same Michigan State game. But I think we know on the road that's going to be a tough game. That's a physical team. Uh, that'll be a test. But I think you're probably going to end up with Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Nebraska to end the season. If, if they can squeeze that extra Nebraska game in. But I think that Michigan game is either going to be the 25th or early March, right? And that's Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan to end the season. That's the Big Ten title. Right there, it is. right? That's, and, and that's going to be so much fun. You control your own destiny. You're probably looking at three consecutive road games to end it yeah. against top 25 teams, or in the case of Michigan and Ohio State, top 10 teams. Could end up five. Five road games to end the season. Minnesota, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Ohio State. If they get the Nebraska game in there, that'll be another home one. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's mostly on the road. Northwestern and Nebraska, the, the one they got to make up still, are the only home games left. I'll tell you why I don't mind that. I think that 
in preparation for March and the Big Ten tournament, which as of now is going on as scheduled, and the NCAA tournament, which they're going to get that thing in however they have to do it, being away from home and being reminded how you went away from home. And essentially, these are all neutral environments, but there's no doubt that on Saturday at home against Wisconsin, there was probably a comfort there that you wouldn't have at Kohl Center, even if there aren't fans. Mm -hmm. So I like the idea of having to become these road warriors at the end of February, into March. And by the time the tournament hits over at the bubble in Indianapolis, I think you're going to be as well prepared as anybody. You know, the reason we got so high on this team is because they seem to have all these elements for a deep tournament run. And I would agree with something I think you said earlier. The Big Ten title or not, I'm getting memorable moments. And as a fan, I've kind of fallen back into this thing where just give me the memorable years, the memorable moments. And I'm going to enjoy that. And that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, but I think that where they're playing at right now, the the chance of them raising some kind of banner or of them getting some sort of tangible yep. um, Elite Eight appearance, Final Four appearance, that's just going up. As you, and, and as you see other teams in the Big Ten, you mentioned that schedule. Northwestern a month ago, eh, I think we get the win, no big deal. But I'm not worried about that now. Minnesota, two weeks ago, I'm a lot more concerned than I am about Minnesota now. It's Richard Pitino, for God's sakes. I'm not that concerned about it. Well, and you know you go into these games with with two dudes, two All-American candidates, and that's your baseline of, of what you're bringing every night. And, and, and a Big Ten team that plays well can beat you, uh, but not many can. Not all of them can. Uh, so I want to get to that here in a, in a second, Carb. But Michigan is uh, postponing Thursday's game. Their women are going ahead and playing on Thursday. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear from the Big Ten on this of, of why this is happening so i wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt carp and think nothing was nefarious but then when you find out their women are playing without the men playing it it seems pretty clear like it's more important for the men to win the big 10 title and i'm not sure the women are, are involved there um yeah there, it seems to be a little bit of slipping uh, of illinois because they don't want to play illinois right now coming off a break would they play nebraska probably Right? Like, yeah. So wh where's your anger level about that? And I don't know about anger. It's frustration because I think the timing would have been great. And I, I don't want to necessarily win a Big Ten title by default because the team was out for two weeks and then you caught them at the right time. But that's the circumstance we're in. And they're cleared. They're good to go. They're electing to not play in the Big Ten. I give them credit yesterday just as I started complaining about the Big Ten doing nothing. They're, they're switching some games around yes. and Illinois' schedule is coming into focus. But because you don't get that game Thursday, Illinois is going to have a crunch of games too in the last few weeks. Not to the extent of Michigan where they got to play something like nine games in 22 days. Who, who knows, but a lot. But that's still kind of forcing us into a situation where we've done all the things right. You yeah. know, our guys have stayed clean of it and they've done every, not saying that Michigan screwed anything up. It's a pandemic. Sometimes you just get it and it's bad luck. And I'm sure that's the case up in Michigan, but that doesn't mean that Illinois should have to pay for it in the back end of their schedule either. And that's what's going to happen. And of mm -hmm. course the big Ten's not going to say anything. I gave them the benefit of the doubt in the fall because yeah. it's kind of the first time we're going through this they should have had protocols in place so they would immediately have a response to something like this. Yeah, and I get it. I, there's a part of me that gets this, like, for health and safety, like, hey, if you, if you need a week to get back into shape after not practicing for two weeks or, you know, to be as safe as possible, I'm fine with that, but you aren't consistent with your men's and women's teams. That's that's right. the problem there. Um, all right, Carp, when we come back, I asked you um, where Kofi and Io rank for you in terms of players uh, during your Illini basketball conscious, which I think is late 90s to now. So when we come back, let's go over that.
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Carp, Illinois basketball, I think has two all Big Ten first-team shoe-ins. Uh, I think I think the Big Ten Player of the Year um, with Luca Garza and Iowa struggling here, and you know Garza is certainly deserving of being the front-runner right now, but with him struggling a little bit, I think Iowa should be in that mix. And I don't think Kofi will get it because Io is ahead of him, but I think Kofi should be in that mix as well. And then probably Travion Williams' is first team, all Big Ten. It's hard to put a Michigan guy because they're all so consistent. And Trace Jackson Davis is probably there. I think EJ Liddell would probably be a guy I consider that most people put on the second team. But I, I think it's clear that those two Illini are all Big Ten first team and potentially All-America candidates with the way they're playing. So I'm wondering, in the moment right now, where do those two rank for you of Illini basketball players during your Illini fandom, which 95, 96-ish, did you? Yeah. Come on? I, I remember the early 90s to an extent. So Deion Thomas, that was really the first guy. And then Kawan Garris was the second. And then again, the Lon Kruger, Bill Self, Bruce Weber eras. You know, you'd put Darren Williams number one. I think you still would. Yeah, you would, right? I'm, th- I'm looking for affirmation his, here. No, I think, uh, you know, Darren obviously was the best player on that team. Um, Luther might have had the best year like, when you look yeah. back. And D was such an engine. So it feels like they all kind of knock each other down a little bit or maybe up mm-hmm. a little bit. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, Darren was the best player, and he certainly the NBA career, I think, helps. But, I mean, he was he was the guy you wanted the ball in his hands to make the shots, right, or, or to make the decision. Um, so I would say Darren won, yeah, and probably D2. I, I would probably put those 1A and 1B. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that when you look at Iowa and Kofi's positions within the last, let's say, 25 years, so let's go back to the mid-90s, or basically when Lon Kruger takes over, and we'll call that the modern era. I think you're looking at a top five with Dean and Darren. I think if you were going to go with someone representative from the Bill Self era, probably you'd go Frank. Yes. You'd go Frank. Yeah. Now, Brian Cook is right there on that edge, really good, and then a monstrous senior year and a nice pro career. In terms of impact, though, you got D and Darren, and you got Frank. Io is in that group with those guys, and he may not make a Final Four, and he may not win a Big Ten title, but when you consider the context of where the program was at when he got there, Illinois basketball was pretty solid by the time Frank got here. And then by the time D and Darren were here, it was a well-oiled machine. That's not to diminish their um, impact, but there is something to be said about the guy that rose you out of the depths. I mean, you look at the Ken Palm from the four years that Underwood's been here, something like in the 80s, to the you know 60s and then all of a sudden 30 and now four mm-hmm. and how do you chart that well i would assume as far as kofi's concerned i mean he's the most dominant 
big I've ever seen. I think you could ask Illini fans, have you ever seen a, a big as dominant as Kofi? And one thing that Illinois has never quite had is the dominant center. They've had guys like Ken Norman and Deion Thomas. Yeah, I mean, the modern era. You, I mean, Johnny Red Kerr. Like, I mean, <laughs> Dave Downey. I mean, that, that's who we're talking about. And yeah. Kofi, I mean... The guys you compare him to are, I mean, it's ridiculous, but you think of like a Shaq. I mean, just physically imposing, at least at the college level. Shaq was, was more athletic, I think, than Kofi uh, coming out. But like that that's where you get to. But I think both these guys, I mean, Iowa is definitely going to be in the rafters, right? There, there are requirements you have. Iowa is going to be in there because yeah. you got to be a first or second team All-American. He's got that. Like that. that's oh, yeah. done. Like he's, he's going to be a first or second team All-American. I think Kofi might be. Right. I mean, if he, if he, after this year, if he's done, I think right now he should be a second team All American. I, I think he should be in the conversation for first team. But I saw a list from Sporting News and he wasn't even third. And I'm like, what, what are we watching here? Like, wh- wh- why is Hunter Dickinson? I know he's having a good year, but he was like second and third team. And I'm like, are we, are we seeing what Kofi Coburn <laughs> is doing here? Um, so I, I think both those guys should be in that mix. And you name the names, right? I, I think Io is in that Frank level. You know, didn't get to a national championship yet. Uh, if he does, maybe he goes over Frank and is in that Dean Darren uh, perspective. But I, I think his legacy is that bringing them back. Like Dean Darren built on what Frank did, built on what Brian Cook built, and they played uh, some years with him, and then they took it to the next level. Uh, Io is building this out of the ashes, right? And Kofi's kind of that guy who's helping him uh, get to this level as well. I mean, Kofi's impact. You know, Io will be known as that first guy who started it, but Io can do it without Kofi. I mean, everything has changed with Kofi Coburn. They've been a winning team with Kofi Coburn. You know, the legacy of Kofi is going to be interesting because as the number two guy behind the face of the program, and that's what Io is. He's the face, and he's, for a lot of younger Illini fans, he's going to be, to them, what Frank was to me. And I think, in terms of impact, probably greater than that. Because Frank did... Uh, the first year that he was there was coming off of the 3-13 and 13 Big Ten season when they made a Big Ten tournament run. But you knew that he had Frank, Marcus Griffin, Brian Cook, all these reinforcements coming. With Io, that was not the case. And Kofi coming on Io's second year, I think as time goes on and if this team gets that tangible thing, and that could be a Big Ten title, that could be a deep run of the NCAA tournament, it could even not to pull Steve Alford here, it could even be a Big Ten tournament title. Some sort of tangible thing. Like, remember the 2021 team yeah. that won this, as opposed to the 21, uh, 2021 team that got a high seed, they won some games, but they lost in the Sweet 16. Yeah, I, I know, but like even even a Sweet 16 card. Like, oh, think, I take it, trust like, me. Think of how far that's coming. And I know it'd be disappointing because of the, what we're talking about right now, but to be in a Big Ten title race again for a second straight year, to potentially make a Sweet 16 and make it a, a run in the second weekend where all these Chicago outlets are talking about you and Iowa and Kofi and, and maybe even Georgie's story is a national story. Um, that that's that's a run that not only helps you long term, but you'll remember. Um, yes. and, and maybe you get into a Sweet 16 game that becomes a classic, or you get to an Elite Eight, you play Gonzaga or Baylor, and it's a it's a great game, and maybe you get to the Final Four, maybe you get to the National Championship, but um, all of that. Like, if you lost a round of 32, yeah, that's, that's a huge disappointment. Sure. But I don't I don't think that's happening. I, no, I, really I, don't, don't. I don't either. I mean, you look at the seed in which they're likely playing themselves into. Barring a collapse, it's difficult to imagine this team not getting a two-seed. 
they're really at a position where unless they have some bad losses, they have enough quality wins. And some of these quad one wins are going to kind of, you know, swing back and forth like a Penn State at home. One day it'll be a quad one, one, one day it won't be. But the Big Ten, the, the ad- advantage of being in the Big Ten is that Ken Palm loves you. The net rankings love you. Yeah. And a win against a Penn State where I know it doesn't feel all that great to me, it's whatever. But nationally, it means more than, let's say, a Big 12 win against, uh, well, certainly Kansas State. But right. That's a bad example. But like, here's the comp. I mean, right now, Illinois at Bracket Matrix is the third number two seed. Okay, uh, the, I think they'll rise from that if they do what we think they're going to do and maybe split some of these games against the top 10, top 15 yeah. teams. Um, Wisconsin's a four. Iowa's a three. Purdue's a five. Yeah. Right. So like the low would be for me, probably a four or five. If you like you lost like more games than you won right now. Um, but I think if you don't slip up during this very winnable stretch, I think a three seed is still very likely. Right? You know what I think another tricky thing about watching this Illinois team and the moments where maybe they don't look great and the Indiana game, it wasn't that long ago where that was a B minus performance from Illinois. It was not their best, but they gutted out a win. So credit to them for doing that. But if you look at college basketball nationally, as frustrated as we can get watching Illinois and think, gosh, they got this flaw and this flaw. Well, look at every team not named Baylor and Gonzaga, yeah. every single team. So when you look at, well, who's got the fewest flaws? Illinois is on that short list, and I think uh, in terms of highest ceiling, they're right there as well. It it really hit me after that Indiana game and the importance of it, too, which you addressed earlier in this podcast, that they were talking about the two-seed after the Indiana game, which I had not considered. You know, I hadn't even thought that that was actually in the yeah. realm of possibility until you remember where the Big Ten stacks up nationally and where Illinois is on all these different metrics. So eventually, if Net and Ken Palm and the AP rankings are all telling you that this is a top-six team, I think it's true and that we are still potentially seeing their best yet to come. By the way, Mizzou, a three seed. How about that rematch? Can we get that rematch? In the I was thinking about that. I would, you know what? I want it. I do. That'd be I memorable know. no matter what happens. And and you could see that in the same bracket. Let's say the Midwest bracket, the two and three seed Illinois, Missouri. I don't, Missouri's schedule lightens up. So I don't think yeah. they're going to fall much from that perch. Uh, yeah. As we go through the rest of the season, we got what, four weeks left in the regular season. And, I have not had this level of confidence in an Illinois team, given the schedule and given how they're playing, since probably 05. And uh, not to say this team's going to accomplish anything like that team did, but they are capable of being one of the best all-time Illinois teams. So when it comes to the enjoyment level and just riding this roller coaster, which I think is going to continue to be a lot of fun, I don't think there's going to be many blips here, I've sort of settled into let's have some fun mode. Now that can evaporate, if they lose to Nebraska. I <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know about that because that's what Nebraska's fifth game and fourth game in eight yeah. days or something, but at Minnesota next week. That'd be disappointing, right? Wouldn't be a deal breaker. You'd still be right where you want to be. But I get the feeling that this team is on the up at the exact right time. They are essentially ahead of schedule where they were last year when they won five of their last six. They started this run on January 29th. Last year was about the second week of February, and I don't see any signs of them losing it. In fact, I think that the role players are only going to find uh, yeah. each of their identities a little bit along the way. And, and I know this isn't the sexy part to talk about, but their defense is elite right now. It is. Um, it, it, that is why you are. Uh, that's why you win against Indiana. And I know Indiana is not very good offensively, but it's why you beat Iowa, and it's why you crushed Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin, um, you know, is a pretty efficient offensive team, and and you were able to keep all these teams over the last four win streak uh, way under uh, their average here. All right, Carp, before I let you go, 
Um, the Bears could have a new quarterback soon. <laughs> and and like the interactions I'm having, because I guess I moved on from the anger of Nagy and Pace staying and just accepted the reality that that is the reality. It is. Like, they, they have to go get a quarterback. Like, they're not going to sign Ryan Fitzpatrick and draft Kyle Trask. I, I don't think that's going to happen for, for guys whose jobs depend on it. I don't like that situation, Carp. I'd love for this to be a reset. But I understand, like, I think next year is that reset. So you have to go find a guy. And I'm amazed because I just thought of this. Like, if the Bears did trade for Carson Wentz, like, that would have been, like, the last three quarterbacks that really were our starting quarterbacks would have been the most talented quarterbacks we have ever rooted for in a Bears uniform. <laughs> like, yeah. Carson Wentz, Mitch bar, Trubisky, and Jay Cutler. I, I know that is a very low bar. Um, but, like, I'm open to it if it's one first-round pick because – I don't know, like a, a number 20 pick offensive lineman like doesn't get my heart going like some other Bears fans. Um, I get the distrust in this entire franchise, but they have to go get a guy. And if you're going to gamble a f- one first round pick this year's on Carson Wentz, okay, <laughs> fine. It's better than like a lot of these options that I'm seeing. Yeah, it's whatever. I mean, that's my genuine <laughs> or my general consensus with whatever the Bears are doing now. It's It's whatever. I think that... They have a shot in that division next year. I mean, keep in mind the Packers. This is what you see a lot in the NFL, and whether it's the Super Bowl loser or a team that loses in the NFC or AFC title game when they shouldn't. The Packers had no business losing that game, and they did, right? And we'll see with their new defensive coordinator, whose track record is a little bit spotty. I don't know if they're going to be great again. I have no faith Rogers, in it. I have no faith in whoever they get, right? Like, I'm I'm, exactly. I'm with you, Bears fans. But, like, they're not going to punt. Like, I know that they, no, they just, they'd just rather just be like, oh, let's just get somebody so we can move on next year. Like, that's not happening. <laughs> like, it's, So, I don't know why you root for that. And Deshaun Watson isn't happening. Like, I would love to eat my <laughs> words there, but that's not happening. If that's not happening, you could do worse than Carson Wentz. I understand why some would say he's Trubisky Redux, but – the Eagles are a mess. There is the possibility. I know our, our pal Austin, he's on the Wentz train. And there is a chance that he reverts back to 2018 form. And if he does, d- does that is certainly worth the first-round pick. But, you know, with this offseason and what the Bears do or don't do, they still have a shot in that stupid <laughs> division because the Vikings don't know what they're doing and the Lions are still the Lions. And in the seven teams, and I think that's going to stick next year, the seven teams per league, you got a shot. Now, does that mean that this is a good franchise or organization? No, they stink. But you know what? Such is the reality of a Bears fan, and I'm not going to change teams now. Right. But it does, I will say, it does make it harder to invest skin in the game when you feel like they're kind of a rudderless ship. And yeah. they have been our entire lives if, with a few exceptions on a season-by-season basis. I would just rather, like now that this is the situation we're in, right, I would rather they go down swinging. Like I don't want them to trade 2022 picks. And I, I, I'm with Bears fans there. I, I, I don't want to, but like, I am not married to a, an offensive lineman at pick 20, right? Like, I, I just, if that's the price of rolling the dice on a guy like Wentz, and I understand the contract, I understand all of that stuff, but I'd much rather go down swinging for him than like Teddy Bridgewater people are bringing. Like, he's, <laughs> he's like the number 27 quarterback in the end. That's yeah. not getting you anywhere. At least with Wentz, there's a chance that, hey, he could be good. Like I, I always criticized Austin because Austin thought he was like the top five quarterback in the league. Yeah, no. but he's, he's not fine. that. But he could be. be okay. like, he could be like eight through fifteen. Like he's shown signs that he could be Matt Ryan or something like that. Right? But you know what? On top of this, what makes this all kind of a fun exercise, but a hopeless one? 
Allen Robinson's not going to be here. <laughs> well, maybe if we get Wentz, right? I, well, uh, I mean, there are some free agent wideouts, but yes, I mean, it's, are, it would are, not be a great situation for Carson Wentz either. So hopefully for him, uh, he ends up in Indianapolis Colt. <laughs> and I'm like, I like it. Why can't I remember the running back's name? He's he's good. Why David Montgomery. Thank you, David Montgomery. He's good. And it's, it's, you just look at the whole thing. Whatever. I mean, it's just, and it's so frustrating because the NFL is built for teams to have a chance every few years. And, yeah. and the Bears, they've come close, tantalizingly so in 2018. And you feel like you got the defensive roster to do it. And you realize the championship windows in the NFL are shorter than in any other league. And that, you know, that was your moment. That was it. And I didn't think that was going to be it. But here we sit going into 2021. And I, I just don't know what we're looking at. It's amazing how bad we are at quarterbacking. It's just, so I, it's amazing how bad we are. Anyway, uh, Carp, have a great day, man. Great catching up and to talk about like the possibilities, but also just the moment here with Illinois basketball. Yeah, hopefully. And if we talk next Monday, hopefully it's after a very uneventful Friday. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad that we don't need to wait 10 days for another game for the team and as a fan as well. And I, I think I've settled into enjoy every moment. Uh, this year already had enough uncertainty in terms of getting the games in. We're watching two of the best alumni I'd ever do it in Iowa and Kofi, and they have a chance to make a deep run, and I have this weird confidence that they will, and I, I have not had that for at least 15 years. And you just gave me the podcast title. Enjoy every moment. Well done, sir. Beautiful. <laughs> hey, ours on Saturday was a thing of beauty. I'm <laughs> I'm feeling great, and Illini fans should be because this is a really good team. I, I love this kind of carp. It means things are going hey. well. <laughs> it's optimistic. <laughs> carp, uh, have a great day, man. All right, you too, man. We'll see you. See you. Great stuff, as always, from Mike Carpenter. And, yeah, fanboy Carp. Like, this is the thing about, you know, Carp for all these years when we were on radio. And maybe us getting off radio is what helped Illinois, so you're welcome. Um, but all those years, you know, Carp was very critical. And some people didn't like to hear it. Sometimes I thought, like, it went overboard. And it was just like, all right, I'm sick of being depressed today. Can we talk about something else? But why I always like talking to Carp is I think he speaks for a large segment of the fans. He's feeling what you are feeling. So I like talking to him. And it's not his fault that Illinois Athletics was bad. And he deserved to be critical of Illinois Athletics. I mean, think about the last decade here. Um, but when they're good, man, he's as big of an Illini fan as there is. And he he loves it as much as you guys. So I always love catching up with him. And it's it was great to see his smile as we're sitting here talking on Zoom about his Illini basketball team. All right, hope you enjoyed that. Check out the uh, website right now for loads of content. I hope you guys uh, listened to my Tony Peterson interview, the Illini OC. And, and I'm taking parts of that and, and turning them into stories. And one will be on quarterbacks. Uh, one will be on his system and what he's looking to create with his system and the process of, of going throughout that. So I'll have more on that. I know Derek Piper is going to have some basketball recruiting stuff. And of course, we got Illinois preparing for a game this week against Nebraska. So check all that out at IlliniInquire.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us. We appreciate when you do that. All right, everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast.